Yeah, there's this dude who just entered this. He he just started minting stuff. Uh, Tiago, something with an M. Tiago, or I don't know. I'd have to pull it up on my IG. But that dude, I've been wanting him to mint stuff for a really long time, and that was the first time I got FOMO seeing someone get a piece. Because I was like, dude, like I I actually wanted your work really bad. I just like am not up like that. That happened to me last last week. You know, Uzium. Tiago Marino. Marino. Yeah, Tiago Marino. I'll have to check him out. So you know, good. You know Uzium? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I he, do. He does like those like really pretty. He does like crazy subsurface scattering and does these like really beautiful. Uh, check him out on Instagram. But I remember yeah. coming across his work on Reddit when I was just starting to do three D art. And well, maybe I was doing it a little bit, but it was before I got Octane. I remember being like, wow, I need to get, it was like, I saw that. I was like, I need to get Octane. Yeah. And I just like remember seeing that. I'm like, this dude's on a fucking another level. And um, he entered the NFT space recently. Super, super nice dude. Nice. Which is always, always great when you see someone's art and then they're just a fucking genuine sweet person. And you're yeah. like, yes. Yeah. And um, most artists are <laughs> that I've interacted with. Like most artists are pretty damn cool. And I think it comes out in the work sometimes. Yeah, that too. And I saw someone. Can I hit that again? Yeah, I saw someone buy his work and I got FOMO, dude. I was like, yeah. I remember seeing that piece on Reddit. Like, I want that. And I, and I saw him upload this other piece, which was the very first piece I saw that made me go, holy shit. And he uploaded it to Foundation. Yeah. And I was like, I'm getting that. And Yo. Like, oh, I saw, dude, I yeah. saw that on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I was able to grab it. That's and, so sad. And up his value. And like that, uh, one of the best feelings in the world being like, I own this piece of art that has like such, like it's burned into my memory as like one of the pieces I saw that changed how I looked at 3D renders. That was, when I was first starting. That was with that Tiago dude. Yeah. Um, he minted a piece that I looked at as like up for inspiration for a really long time. Yeah. It, uh, someone got it though. Someone got it. FOMO. Oh, dude, you yeah. just, just gotta buy it from them. Like one day, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I'm, yeah, dude, like once I get one of the big ones, I'm putting it out in the universe. Then I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in because, like, man, there's some artists there. And that's really what I think when I'm like looking at the space. I'm like, dude, that, that person should have been on. They should, they should be sitting comfortably because people just mm -hmm. kill it. People kill it all the time. And that's what's that. so cool also about artists getting paid is artists by other artists work. Yeah. Because not only are we creators, but we're art appreciators. She was a fucking G in that space, dude. 100%. Uh, for, is awesome. For those who don't know, he was buying an, he, you were getting an NFT before you, right before you got left to get on the plane to go to LA. You yeah. were, yeah, we were, I was like, let's go. And feels like I'm in the middle of an auction right now. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, use my hotspot in the car. We're gonna bounce. <laughs> I was straight up, dude. I was like watching that. I was telling you, I was watching it on Twitter, and I was like, "How you're gonna be late? Like, what? What?" The cool thing about that one too is it was that artist's second NFT ever. Oh no, shit. Yeah, and that's I was pretty like, great. Yeah. that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. It's cool too. I like having these pieces that I know will be valuable. Yeah, like my in my my investor brain, I'm like, this is really yeah. valuable. But also, I'm like. I'm literally never going to sell these. Yeah. And I love that anyone, like, it doesn't matter. I'm never going to sell them. It's the Jonathan Wolf piece. Yeah. A, this Jonathan Wolf piece that I have got a $40,000 bid. And I tweeted like... Bought it like six months ago. Yeah, I bought it six months ago. No way. Like two yeah. Grand. For two grand. And when I bought it for two grand, I didn't have the money that I have now. No. I did not have that money. No but way. But I was like... Because Jonathan Wolf, like, in my brain, like, he's going to be famous. Like, mm -hmm. like beyond, like, 
like I don't know something about him like Keith Haring I feel like he'll be like that kind of famous yeah, yeah. special. yeah so I bought his art I'm like I literally like I don't have the money for this yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I bought it yeah and I get this $40,000 bid and it made me happy to see him getting that offer but also I'm like I'm never selling this like everything I buy like I'm just keeping it that's so great I see people coming into space to buy and then flip which is really cool, but like whatever. It's cool because there's royalties. So yeah, no matter that, what, the yeah. artist wins. Yeah. That was the that was the cool. Yeah. With the exception of private sales. Sure. Yeah. But in my brain, I'm that like, was yeah. I I'm saw that. Keeping this. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I saw the royalty thing on Super Rare, and that's when I was like, dude, this is awesome. You know, this is a great. Yeah. 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 I. Uh, what was I just gonna say? Um. I don't know. That is wonderful, though. That is wonderful. Yeah, I think, um, the fuck was I just, oh, dude, yeah, I've had collectors tell me, like, that was the most surprising thing to me, that was the most surprising thing to me, I've had collectors tell me, they're like, dude, I'm never fucking selling this, and I was like, what? Like, you, like, it's so flattering to me, because I'm like, I'm just me, dude, like, I'm just little old me, mm-hmm. like, that's crazy to me, and I think, like, that was another eye-opening thing about the NFT space, where I'm like, people actually... And I'm not not trying to get cheesy or anything, but it was like, oh, people actually care. Like that was mind blowing to me, mm-hmm. you know, because Collectors. yeah, dude, because I think we, which you could probably relate as well. You could probably relate as well. But with music for me, especially like for a really long time, it was just hustling my ass off to get a listen. It was like, please, like even if my some songs would hit or whatever, it was still like oh my God, I can't believe you guys listened because I've just been begging for listens for all this stuff for so long. And then to have someone be like, I got this so I can like forever have this was like, dude, what? It's such a validating feeling, bro. Yeah. Same with my music, bro. Like I give away my music for free. Yeah. Because I would rather like have it on someone's phone And they just like bump it in their car and have a moment where they remember like, oh, like for me, when I listen to music, it it can be really nostalgic where like I like it takes me back to a moment in my childhood, my youth, where it was just like, oh, I remember I was like 14 years old, chilling with my first girlfriend. Yeah. And like we were in the car with her mom and we were laughing and laughing and the song was playing. And I'll listen to a song. And it'll take me back to that moment. And yeah, it's such a beautiful feeling. When we're in the restaurant today. Yeah, dude, that was so real. That was <laughs> so real. Yeah, I heard a song for yeah for for the listeners. I heard a song. I heard Lou Reed's "Take a Walk on the Wild Side" in the restaurant after. And it, timing is really crazy in my life with music. That's something I really notice. Mm-hmm. So like, I've had really memorable moments where I, I like a song ends right at the right time. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We finished our meal. And the song Take a Walk on the Wild Side by Lou Reed started playing. And for me, this was surreal because it was like, I, I see Perot has come in, a parrot has come up. It's I do Perot that. in France. I do that because I knew that before you were parrot. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but. <laughs> um, actually the correct pronunciation. No one in my family says that, but respect. Yeah, I, I have, I have a habit fancy, of it. Dude. Yeah. But so I knew you. I knew you before any of this stuff. And like, so. I, I'm looking at my friend who is like essentially like I mean for lack of a better like I don't know how you feel about me saying this but blew the fuck up and then like and then having then just meeting you tonight and I'm like this is a fucking prodigy and I'm like sitting there and I'm like I'm financially stable for the first time in my life 
We just finished this soup, like low key expensive as fuck meal. I just had cat like we, I had caviar for the first time tonight, <laughs> and I'm like looking around like this is kind of surreal. And then this song "Take a Walk on the Wild Side" plays, and the last time I heard that song was when I was probably 15 years old in Vermont when I was living low income, and it was in my stepdad's uh, Dodge Neon. That's where I used to listen to music. Stepdad's Dodge Neon. We were just like low class America, you know, like low income America. And that was the last time I heard that was when I was a kid, you know? And it was like, wow, at that time, any of the shit that I've seen in my life now seemed like unbelievable. You know what I mean? And now it's like skip forward 12 years later as like an adult and I just finished this meal and then that song starts playing. And it was like this weird rap of just everything in between. It was like, what the fuck, dude? It's like that kind of thing. Like what we, what we were talking about earlier about like music and movies and how it works. And it works like that in life sometimes too. Absolutely. Where, like it feels like it's like, like wrapping up all this stuff to this moment. Yeah. So beautiful, man. Like also, when I watched the movie Soul... Seeing that movie. Dude, I haven't seen it yet. I want it. Is it? That's the kind of movie where it's like, you need, like, I don't know. When I watched it, it like something where I was like, I needed that. Yeah. It felt like I wrapped up this chapter and now let's take what I learned and then move on. I love that so much. Yeah. Dude, you're like 18. It's crazy. (laughs) Like, it trips me out. Like, that is so wild to me. I forget it all the time. I'm like, you're born in like 2003. Yeah. You're also, you're also, that's insane. Holy shit. I didn't even, dude, that's legitimately 10 years before YouTube came out, bro. That's (laughs) 10 years. That's, that's 10 years before when I was born. That's 1993 on my arm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so wild. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like that trip, I, the thing I've learned about Victor, everyone in the, in the short time, like the past couple of days that I've known him, um, you're one of the most like strangely genuine artists I've ever met. And that's no, okay. I'm not gassing you up right now. Like I, I met a lot of fucking people and I have, (laughs) yeah. Anyway, I met a lot of fucking people and like, it's so strict. It's like literally Victor is so innocent and so truly just loves art and shit. And it's very refreshing. And so you're 18 years old and have so much more fucking like uh, insight into what you're doing and what you want to do than I ever had at that age. It's mind blowing. It is mind blowing. I got to I got to say, I'm happy to see it, to see everything happen, because it's like and now like having met you now, I'm just like, yeah, that's the guy. Like, that's the right guy. That's what I think, too. Straight up, yeah. yeah. Like, that's no bullshit, man. I'm not the type of fucking dude to just, like, gas someone up. Like, that's just real honesty, man. Like, I I was, I'm just like, yeah, this is what a fucking artist looks like, man. Like, it's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah, yeah straight up. Straight up, dude. Straight up. Yeah. I think me and my friend Taylor, he's, like, the owner of Alpha Motif. We talk about people who are, like, given the keys. That's what we call it. Sometimes like the wrong people get the keys, Loki, and sometimes the right people get the keys. And this is one of those cases that it's like really inspiring because I'm like the right person really got the keys here, man. Like really, really. That's what's so fucking cool about the NFT space, bro. And that's it. By the way, sorry to cut you off. Same with you. Like that's no (laughs) fucking cap. I'm just I'm just a little bit more taken back because I just met Victor, but I've known you for so long. And like, dude, 
we could go on about this for a minute, which I've told you a bunch of times, but when I, like, in the fucking club, in Q Nightclub, I was like, dude, you're fucking so good already. Like, I was, I remember, like, I, I tell you this shit all the time, but I was like, when you get really good at Octane, like, teach me all the shit so I can learn from you. Dude, that was so cool when you said that. I remember because Lauren knew you. Yeah. And she was like, you and Connor get along so well. And I was, like, intimidated by you because I heard your music. You had a kind of bass nectar. You were, like, this insane visual artist. I'm like, there's no way Connor wants to talk to me. Lauren, like, you're just too nice. Like, you think everyone is this. <laughs> Dude, when we were in the under... Uh, yeah, so I, I don't remember if it was... Maybe it was like X and G's show or something like that. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, you're in the underground and you had your laptop and you were like doing like you were working on something right then and there. And this was when I I think this is pre C40. I think I was just in um, Element 3D in After Effects. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, what do you got going on there? And like I started chopping it up and I was like, dude, like I was kind of like frustrated because I was like. This motherfucker is picking this shit up so fast. Like, I was like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, I was, it was just tripping me out, dude. It was tripping me out. The whole time, the whole time, there's a few people in Seattle, like Omar was one of them too. Kumarion, there's a few people in Seattle where I was like, you got real, like, under, like, hidden gems, you know, hidden gems. And that was like the whole time I felt about you, especially with your music too, so technical and shit. I was like, man, like, this dude. I should not get slept on. You know, should not. It <laughs> really. You, yeah. Yeah. And then, yo, actually, I know you're saying something. I feel I, I fucking ADD and cut people off all the time. But with your visuals, dude, it was once it was once you got into Corona. And I think once you stepped out of that into Octane, then I remember I was like, it's over. It's all over. Dude, you did like your first <laughs> render. And I was like, it's all over. Because prior to that, with the cell shading stuff, I was like, this is cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is cool. And it was like, this is interesting. A lot of trippy stuff. And it was it was rad. And I'm like, the color theory there is is, is pretty cool. But it definitely wasn't like speaking like a, speaking subjectively. It, it didn't seem refined. Mm -hmm. But then once you got Octane, I was like, dude, I'm done. <laughs> I was really held back. I, so, yeah, like when I was doing my everydays, half six months of my everydays, I was on a 2012 MacBook Pro. Yeah, that's crazy. That was yeah. like uh beat the fuck up bro that was my touring laptop i took it to festivals i got rained on i remember that i got computer. dusty it was busted, it was busted bro <laughs> like the screws missing from the bottom you open it up and it's just dust the fan didn't work the oh. battery was broken you had to keep it plugged in um there's pieces of paper jammed in to hold like the ram in place what yeah it was like real busted bro so yeah i was like pretty held back by technology um and just like what i had available and uh, what changed it for me is conrank hit me up and was like i want you to do like album covers for me and i was using corona for the first part of that and he hit me up for this like pretty big project and i got paid like two grand up front nice and i was like no fucking way and so i just bought like a nice computer put myself in debt a little bit but <laughs> and then, as we do yes we do and uh yeah i was able to get octane and I was like, I feel like I can like spread my arms out and like fucking do shit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think you know having those like technical um, barriers helped because it made me think more outside the box. It made me like because I'd get frustrated, bro. I'd see some shit and I was like, I, I can't do that because I don't have the tools for that. And I'd try to like replicate it in my own way, and that would like make me you know think outside the box and try to like find different 
like creative ways to get shit done. Yeah. And I think uh, same kind of story with my music too, man, where like when I started making beats, I was, first of all, I went to high school, 300 kids. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Not that I, many people. I thought my, my school was smaller. We had yeah. 600. Yeah. And so like, I was like, there's like one other dude, a future older me that made it beats super tight by the way. And also rapped. But like, when I started in elementary school, I didn't know anyone making beats. Yeah. Um, my parents were pretty strict um, and wouldn't let me have internet. We had like a family computer that I'd have to ask to go on the internet with. And I had this like old Windows 98 originally. And yeah. had XP installed on it in my bedroom. This old, old desktop that I got given by the dude who was teaching me how to make beats. Um, creeps. You know Creeps? I was just about to say, Cre- yo. Creeps and Nettie. You know Nathan Thomas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So check this out. I was 11, teach me how to make beats. Dude, I knew that. (laughs) And I knew it from the other side. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it from Creeps. Because I met Creeps, I met Creeps well before you, you know. Like, he was probably my first, like, consistent friend in Seattle. Yeah. Really, really, dude, big. Such a nice guy. The biggest shout out to Jay. Like, Creeps is so cool. Fucking awesome listening to his stuff. Um, But, dude, this was a trip. So check this shit out. Right before I moved to... um, LA here right even as late as this time I was at his place and I was like yeah man there's also the side thing that I've been doing I was like I've been like selling these NFTs and I like try to like break it down to him like what it is and he's like yeah that's wild and I was like you know who got me into this is like Perot or like I said the same thing I was like Perot or Parrot and he's like who and I was like it, I was like Pillsbury it's like it's like Nathaniel Parrot and he was like, oh, no shit, I know that, dude. Like, <laughs> really? He's like, he's like, what has he been up? What has he been up to? And I was like, dude, he's like making art and it's crazy. And I was like, dude, you gotta check his shit out. And he's like, no fucking way. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Yeah, check up on that. I need to link up with him again, man. It's been a minute. He's so he's so wonderful. He's yeah, I need to go kick it with him again soon. I fucking love that dude. And I owe so much to him and Nathan Thomas because yeah. when I, dude, I was 11 years old. My mom did home staging. Nathan's mom did home staging. They like met up with their like home stager convention or something. He's into that now. Yeah, like, he, that's what he does now too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he, uh, my mom was like, I have, you know, my son who's like 11, he wants to be a rapper and make beats and all this stuff. And um, his mom was like, oh, my son, who was, he was like 21 at the time, I think. It's like, my son makes beats. Like he does less lessons too. Like let's have them link up. I remember being in like fifth grade, dude, going over to Nathan's house yeah and he had this like at the time the coolest studio ever I was like this is my dream studio it was just like as mom's house in his bedroom like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like but it was so cool dude and I remember I had these lyrics written out and I like rapped this song to him That's and, like, and like he was yeah. like he was like dude this is something man like like let's fucking let's fucking go yeah and, and like he just believed in me since day one and so sick. um like he was working in Cubase at the time and like, I didn't know how to make beats, but I remember having this notebook being like, this is what hi-hats are. This is what kick drums are. This is what like a hip hop beat is. Yeah. And like, I remember being like, um, I want to beat like this and he could make a beat like that. And I was like, that's like magic. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I probably, I, you know, I, uh, probably did like anywhere between like two or four lessons with them a year. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I lived in Vashon there in Seattle um it was kind of like extracurricular activity my mom didn't really have that much money to like put me up there once a week or anything like that yeah and um but then they gave me that that desktop for christmas the next year when i was in sixth grade first year middle school and that's 
Um, I didn't have internet on there. So I just do the first like three months. I started in Reason, which is a very confusing program. Oh, it's so weird. And uh, dude, like I didn't know how drum beats worked. Like my first beats for like three months were just like, snare, 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 just drums. Cause it was like this re-drum thing and there's just buttons on it. I didn't know you could pull the thing up and like, it was like the session versus whatever view in Ableton. Yeah. And I, and the reason is like modular on the back and yeah. it's so weird. It was so weird, bro. And then, so like, I forget linking back to like, kind of like technology, tech, technological limitations for like the first three years, bro. I didn't watch a tutorial Yeah, and I was just listening to shit on the radio and trying to recreate it in whatever way I could. And like, finally, like, when I got access to like Ableton and a laptop that had internet on it when I was like 15 or whatever and like met other people who made beats and was able to like talk about other, you know, shit like that. Um, I felt like I could like stretch my arms with that too. Jay was the first guy where I was like, oh dude, you can put just more than ozone on your master. I was like, <laughs> no way. That's like such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Cause Jay's like got all these racks and shit. Yeah. Jay's so talented, man. Yeah. Speaking of like slapped on, like I feel like that dude needs to be fucking I think he should have like 17 hits under his belt. I think he should have exactly. albums of hit, of hits under his belt. Like he's better than anyone I hear making beats on the radio. He could have a shot on the radio any day. Dude, I watched like him make Oh my god, I watched him make like fucking like 10 like radio like like radio good beats in a day. Like some of them one of his sessions fully tracked he he made like as really good producers do, but like this is one of like five sessions he did that day. One of his sessions came through. He fucking made the beat on the spot. They tracked the entire song. He engineered it and shat it out in like in like a four hour session. It was like, dude, what? You just literally like lyrics and all just made that song in like four hours. Like studio oh, yeah, time paid, like good to go. Thing. He fucking raps too. Oh, he's, yeah, he's a great rapper. And he's great. Dude, I remember, you, have you heard his The Grand Rapids Project? I was their DJ. No way, bro. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I was there. I was their DJ for like three years. I remember being in middle school and him, going over there one time and he gave me a pack of CDs that was uh, Saturday morning was the album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The album? Yeah, but I, dude, I got a copy like in that room. No way. It's facts. Dude, I lost all my copies. They I have, dude, it from I, the internet. <laughs> I need a copy of that, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'll copy it for you. I have like, dude, I have all their albums that made yeah. it print. Yeah. I, he, I remember going to school in sixth grade and maybe it was in high school. I don't remember when it, when, when it came out, bro. But I remember going to school with those albums and he gave me like 10 of them or whatever. I remember giving them to my friends, being like, I know these guys. These are guys yeah, yeah, yeah. Please check out how fucking sick this is. Me and my buddy Will would like um, listen to it on, like on the bus, one headphone each, and just be like, fuck yeah. This is so sick. Fibo, worst question ever. Uh-oh. How'd you get started? How'd I get started? Yeah. I was enjoying up? this lore. This lore? Yeah. Seattle rapper lore? Yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is a fun fact. I was like a DJ for rappers in Seattle for like something like four or five years. That's crazy, bro. Turntablist, yeah. I like, Such a small world. Cool. Yeah, get me behind turntables. I can really scratch my ass off. Like cool. all that DJ shit. Yeah. That's really cool. But yeah, how'd you get started? Which yeah. is the most cliche question ever. With art? Yeah, with art. Oh, man. I just imagine you came out of the womb <laughs> with like a canvas and shit. Um, well, my mom, both of my parents were artists like my dad when he was a little kid was in art competitions all the time nice and would win 
And my mom also like for when she was in high school, she painted like a whole mural on the wall. Like amazing. They're both amazing artists. Nice. Um, so they would always like draw and be like, look at what I made and like show it to me. And my mom drew me as a penguin. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) you can draw people. What? As penguins? <laughs> yeah, like you can just... Or she was like, what do you want me to draw? And she would just draw it. And I was like, what? Like, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would like draw just because they would flex to me all the time. Um, and then my grandpa, his mom is a full-on like painter. She never became like famous. Yeah. But like her house is just full of canvases and paints. That's my dream. And she get would to that level. mail me because she lives in Georgia. Yeah. Every Easter, every Halloween, whatever. She would mail me this month. You get oil paints. Okay. Now that you have oil paints, I'm going to give you pastels. Yeah. Okay, now that you have pastels, I'm going to give you this. So every month I would get a new art supply and my family never read it. They're like, I don't know. It's your weird art gift. Yeah. And I would get it and I hate reading, so I didn't read what it was, and I would just scribble and mess around with it. Yeah. And so I always was making art because every month I was getting stuff, like new toys. To me, art was toys. We share that. I'm not even fronting. So my grandma is a per. That's what she does. She's an artist. Her main thing is block prints. But my she, I was really into drawing. Right. I like comic books. So my grandma, like once a month, something like that would like straight up send me like, yeah, she'd send me sketch pads. I got like scratch boards before. That's actually why I know about that look, because my grandma sent me like a scratch board with like a with a uh, exacto knife and like that. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's pretty much how I got into actual like tangible arts like. That you, stuff is important. I never do it anymore. Like that, like that side of it is, I th- yeah, it's super important. It's a hands-on stuff. I never do it anymore, but I'm, I'm about to get back into it. Yeah, it's yeah. important. I mean, like looking back when I was a little kid, I'm like, oh yeah, like a new toy, like whatever. Yeah. But looking back, like I was growing up and I was being gifted all those art supplies. Yeah. I'm like, wow, <laughs> like that yeah. totally impacted how I am. Straight up. That's beautiful. What's funny too is I still have I still have a small stock like I think even here I have some of them of just like art books that my grandma would send me and what's a trip is I now buy art books for myself like that artist I mentioned Jesse Draxler like I bought his first book because I was like I love your stuff and the irony of it is it it took me a minute to realize I was like this is the same like my grandma sends (laughs) me these like she's doing the same thing you know. Like I like unconsciously actually shared that with her where I was like not even thinking about it. But I was like, I also love art books. What the fuck? You know, that's so cool. That's so cool. So you so your grandma sent you sent you art products uh, or like uh, pastels, whatnot, uh, Mm -hmm. resources. And then you did it through your childhood. And that's from ages. What's what? Um, That was like from when I was like four to like nine. Hell yeah. And then as I got older, she kind of stopped sending stuff. And I don't know. And then I stopped seeing my grandparents as much. I wasn't going to their house a lot. Yep. And then I found out about video games. And then I was just playing video games all the time. And I was like, I'm going to become a Minecraft YouTuber. Oh, word. <laughs> Hell yeah. And yeah. I was so set on that. Like, I legit, yeah. like, to me, 
being a YouTuber, I'm like, that is peak success. Like, yeah. like uh, whatever, like, it doesn't matter. I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. I want to be a YouTuber. Yep. And I like Minecraft. Yeah. And I would look at all the videos and all the popular videos had cool thumbnails. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to have the best thumbnails if I'm going to be the best YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I pirated Photoshop. As we do. And would mess around and yep. try to like copy all the famous YouTubers, like how they would do their thumbnails or put their face on a video game character. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a picture of my face and then transfer it. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and so that's like how I learned digital. Sick. Very sick. So, all right. So you're getting into, did you make Minecraft videos? Did you dive in? Oh, I, I got 700 subscribers. Nice. And Solid. yeah. Dude, and when you're like, how you're talking like, I was 12, 12. So that's like eighth grade, something like that. Yeah. In no, a, maybe freshman year in high school. No, 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 no. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Oh, I skipped a grade. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Seventh grade. I skipped a grade. No big deal. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. So seventh grade. That's a huge deal in seventh grade. Oh, 700 yeah. subscribers. I was like, the oh ball. my God. And I think what really changed my life is there was this one Minecraft YouTuber. He had a thousand subscribers. And to me, I'm like, oh my God, he's famous. Yeah, celebrity. A thousand subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his videos can get like 200 views. And I was like, oh my God. And yeah. he was a graphic designer. And in his description, yeah. he said like, for commissions, contact me. Here's my Skype. Hell yeah. And yeah. I was 12. So I'm like, I don't know what a commission is. <laughs> And yeah. I just thought, oh my God, my favorite YouTuber's Skype is in his description. Yeah. And I go to Skype and I text him, hi. And he's like, oh, what are you looking to buy? And I was like, what? And, <laughs> 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 and he's like, I'm a designer. Like, what do you want? And I'm like, no, I just want to be your friend. Yeah. And it was like so stupid that he was like, I don't know how to say no to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just throughout time, I would talk to him. That's like fucking adorable. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, yeah. And we would call, play Minecraft. And then I don't know what happened, but it evolved into this relationship where he would share his screen. He showed me After Effects. Dude. He, he showed me Cinema 4D. Like he would just give me like tutorials and I would open it and share my screen. And he was like, okay, like do this and do that. And so cool. yeah, he That's changed. so rad. He changed my life. And like, he was like 16 and I'm just like this 12 year old, like, I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. He, and he was so patient. Just like, okay, like I'll show you. Who was this? His name was Sam. And shout out to Sam. Yeah. I, I need to talk to him. And yeah. Just tell him like, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I stopped using After Effects for a while, but now in the NFT space, I knew like everything that he showed me, like keyframes and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, when I was 12 years old, this guy just showed me everything I needed to know. <laughs> That's so fire. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. So yeah. when did you get into the website? When did you start doing that? Um, so after all that, really into tech, all that. And then, but in my personal life, I live with my father and my father was really abusive and it was terrible. And I went to my grandparents' house and I told them like, my dad is an abusive guy. This is terrible. I can't live with him anymore. Yeah. And so we go to court, whatever. Now I live with my grandparents. 
move schools, move everything. I don't have my nice computer. I don't have my oh, anything. Oh, damn. You, that. And so. I mean, I act. Sorry, sidebar. I act like that's like the gnarliest tragedy of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> computer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I and, mean, my condolences of the whole situation. And I was so bummed. And my grandparents are like, we're grandparents. I don't care about the internet. They didn't even have Wi-Fi. Oh, wow, yeah. And I didn't even have a phone. So, like, I had nothing. Like, literally just the room. And I would sit in the room. Oh, shit. And I wasn't allowed to watch TV. So... You weren't allowed to watch TV. No, because everyone was always watching the big TV downstairs. Oh, got you. So yeah. I was just like in my room with no TV. <sighs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm so bored. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? And the only thing I could think to do that was fun was draw on paper. Yeah. And that's just. Wow. <laughs> that's honestly like solitary <laughs> confinement. Like, yeah. You were. <laughs> You're low-key tortured to do <laughs> what you do. But, I mean, shit, man. I, I, the bright side of it, it paid off, you know. That's wild, dude. Yeah. Damn. And eventually they got Wi-Fi. and um, got all the times a little bit. Yeah, and then I got a phone. Yeah. And then I would post my art by taking pictures of it. And then, what did you ask me? Oh, the, how'd the website start? Oh. And then my grandparents also would say mean things to me and just not be nice to me. Oh. And, and because I had a phone now, at the same time, I was on Twitter and I would see people post pictures where they're like surrounded by their print orders. And they're like, I live in this house off of print money. Yeah. And I'm like, print money? Hmm. What is that? <laughs> yeah. And then... I'm like, the only way I can get out of this, like this situation is if I force it and if I make it happen. Yeah. So I opened like the free big cartel, like just a free website and bought shirts for $5 and drew on them with Sharpie. Fuck And I yes. was like, this is a custom one of one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I all of know. that. Yeah. That's and what you do. I Hell yeah. sold it for $180. Let's go, dude. And out the gate, too. <laughs> that's great. And then from there, it grew, and I took that money, and then I bought a domain name. And yeah. then I bought the monthly, where you don't see the ugly. <laughs> and then I bought a printer, and then I started ordering stickers and packaging it. And it grew and grew and grew, and slowly it just grew more. Honestly, that's so beautiful. Holy shit. You I'm an entrepreneur from the get-go. That's what, <laughs> so that's what I was saying earlier. Like that's why I say that was not just gassing you up. That's what I was saying earlier. When I was fucking 16, 17, dude, I was getting shit faced with my <laughs> friends and smoking copious amounts of weed and snowboarding. I was making videos, like that's what we did is we made snowboard edits. That being said, when that age when I was in that time, I was like, hmm, I don't know how much I want to air of that. Let's just say like, let's just say my, I was living with my sister and it was a bad situation. Right. Just all things considered. My sister is wonderful, but all, it was a bad situation. Um, but anyway, so in that time, like, but I was a shithead. I was not like, I was not like, how do we get out? Like, I was not like, you know, like there were gnarly things happening around me for sure. But I was like, definitely not like smart about it. And I was not like how to like, uh, 
sort of admirable in any in any sense of the word i was just like if i can snowboard and i can make edits i'll be happy and then i'll save up enough money at my dishwashing job and move out you know like that was the thing i think if i was allowed to i was never allowed to like leave my room like the door had to be open like if i like even if i went in the backyard it was like what are you doing like wow and so i wasn't allowed (laughs) to or like at school like where are you like what's going on so to be like watched all the time and to have to be in my room it like i was like well i can't like escape with my friends i was never ever like i never hung out with my friends like ever like this is like the first time in my life where i could just like exist with people really that is yeah so wild so i like couldn't escape like that yeah i'm sure if i was allowed like if i could go to a birthday party i think like I would be like that. Of course, yeah. But I mean, who, yeah, who wouldn't? Because I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I was like, the only way I can leave <laughs> is if I like work really hard and <laughs> like just leave. Honestly, it's inspiring. It, it's wild. And yeah, that's why I, I like trip out because I'm just like, the fact that like you did that, you know what I mean? The fact that you had the insight and you did it and you, I don't know, didn't it like rotten depression or something like that and just like wither away. Like powerful shit, man. Powerful shit. I was not that smart when I was a kid. Started, yeah, yeah I started making music and I was like, I'm gonna be a sick rapper. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, like I was not that smart. I was not that smart. I would have taken that $180 I made from a t-shirt and bought like an ounce of weed and said, I fucking made it boys and hung out my friends and been like shit dude we're living good i think i did yeah i probably did that pretty much at a point in time yeah exactly bro (laughs) i started i started getting social security because my like father passed when i was really young so when i turned right before i turned 18 what happened was my mom my mom's my favorite person in the world by the way but my mom moved out of our house and she was like you and your sister have the house you're pretty much 18 my sister was like 21 at the time something like that she was like, have the house, have your way with it. Um, she was going through her own shit. Technically, like her and my stepdad were like getting what you would consider like a divorce. Because um, they never married, but they were together for like 15 years. Anyway, so it's a weird thing. But but the point is, is my mom, my mom was like, all right, well, you're just get, you're taking care of yourself now. Like, I got to do my thing like you can do that. And so here's the social security that we, we've been getting for you because your your father passed when it, when I was really young. And when that happened, I started getting like $800 a month, which was to me, and even still, that's not a, a money, the amount, an amount of money to like, you know, laugh at. That was like a quite, that was a lot of fucking money. To rent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, what I did was I bought music gear. That was the first thing. I was like, I'm buying a mic. It's the same thing I'm doing with like, like video stuff right now where mm-hmm. like I'll get, I'll get money and just be like, this is my new thing. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so I bought all this music gear. I got like turntables and all this shit. And when I did that, that was my like, that was my like out. Like I was like, I don't know how this is going to like work out somehow. This is like my, my thing. And it it was like keeping me sane. You know what I mean? I definitely, definitely didn't make any money off of it at first. Like it it wasn't until I was like 24 or something like that, that I made money off of it. But like going back to the subject of like being that age and finally seeing some money for something, I was, I do share that where I was like, dude, I just want to buy art things like that was my main thing i was like i need to make music now and I, that's what i want to do mm-hmm. mac miller at the time was like blowing up so i was like dude that's that's gonna be me 
wasn't obviously um but that was like yeah that was the thing for me yeah that was like a gnarly gnarly time but i moved to lake tahoe right after that and then i got broke the fuck off snowboarding but i snowboarded a lot and i was poor as shit that was also a great time about tahoe and i say that totally genuine i had like zero dollars to my name and i think i was making my rent was 465 dollars. i was making my rent by like I had a tax return from that year. I was like, work because when I was in Vermont, I like worked at, at this dishwashing job. I did a tax return for them that year that paid for some months. And then the other months I like DJed house parties. It was so ratchet. It was great. <laughs> Something about DJing house parties though, dude. It's a real thing. It's a vibe in a weird sort of way, man. It's like a nostalgic looking back at some of those like really like dingy situations. I don't know. Hilarious and weird. And like mm. sus, super sus. <laughs> yeah. Really strange stuff. How much it I I I know a bit of your backstory, but how much of it are you are you down to delve into? I'm an open book, bro. Really? Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. All right. Where do you want me to start? Um, your most interesting stuff, because you talked about how you got into music. Your most interesting stuff is what was it college? Was it right before college? Yeah, senior year of high school and probably going into college. That was, yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, growing up, um, I started making music really early, like age 11. Um, always was, like, really impulsive, though. My parents were really strict about stuff. Not, like, the most strict, but, like, yeah. compared to my friends and stuff. Like, if I was going to a friend's house, my mom would have to call their parents to make sure, like, that I was actually going to that friend's house. And I just, like, wanted to, like, go out and get in trouble and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, really rebellious from the start. And so, I don't know. I started smoking weed really early. Started taking, like, pills really early. Like, 13 or 14 and stuff. Not a ton, but just, like, experimenting all over the place. Um, would sell drugs. Like, that's where I learned my hustle. Was, yeah. like, was like going to school, yeah. collecting. Um, be like, I'm going to go get... An ounce of mushrooms. I'm gonna go get an ounce of weed. And my friends would all like throw in twenty bucks to the pool. Yeah. And then I'd make like ha- half of that for free or something. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like fueling my want of like smoking weed. But I learned how to hustle through that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's important lessons in there. Selling weed is solid. That was my shit in yeah. at the end of high school. Yeah. yeah. And it was hard for and me. just drugs. It in was general, hard for me to sell weed because it smells so much. Yeah. So I'd sell like throughout high school, man. I'd sell all, all sorts of drugs like Molly shrooms all that kind of shit and um really just lack the self-control to like be like responsible about it like, yeah like you know some people who sell drugs who are like businessmen yeah and i sold drugs more from like uh this is like it was like so romanticized in my head to an extent same yeah but i only sold weed i didn't get yeah. into the other shit yeah, and I I think I was forced to get into that other shit in a sense because I couldn't sell weed. If I could just sell weed, I probably would just sold weed. But yeah. uh, Molly is so much easier to hide at a parent's house than weed is. Yeah, and I was just being dumb about shit. I'd take drugs at school. Um, didn't luckily like never really got into alcohol, but um, got into like a weird teenage angst depression at like sixteen. Found opiates and like really just started doing opiates all the time. I'd go to the grocery store. And don't try this at home because you can fucking die. <laughs> and buy poppy poppy seeds. 
No way. And you put, yeah, I'm not going to break it down too much. Dude, no you can, way. You can literally die because the dosage is unknown. But you take poppy seeds and you make, take like a pound plus of them, put them in water and drink it. And it has like morphine residue in it. No uh, I was just way, finding about all this dude. shit on the internet, on these fucking forums. And like, I must have been in like some kind of deep pain. I don't know where it came from. I had a pretty like, you know, no one like abused me growing up or anything. I'm not going to disclose so much, but a similar thing that you're describing actually killed a pretty well-known producer. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to disclose any more than that. But like, like after off this, well, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I just fucking got caught up in all that. Yeah. Um, and then senior year of high school, um, like my pill connect ran out and I found a heroin connect on Reddit and it was <laughs> like through the fucking internet. And I was like, it's basically the same thing. Never shot up or anything throughout my whole, my whole time doing that. Um, but like just immediately, like, you know, justify like it's basically just oxys, but stronger. Yeah. Which is true in a sense. Yeah. But so- something about and the people you meet and the culture you dive into is just wrecks your life so hard, bro. Yeah. And so I, um, last half of my senior year in high school was just doing heroin all the time. And then <laughs> senior year in high yeah, school, went to rehab that some like week after I graduated from high school, I wanted to go party with my friends and shit and went to rehab instead. <laughs> and like was sober a lot of the summer. Um, still doing like dumb amounts of psychedelics and shit, just being ignorant. And um, then went off to college for a year. And as soon as I got to college, I just started hanging out with like the wrong people. Great people is in the sense of like, but just we're all caught up in a bad situation. Yeah. And like still care about those people to this day, but just all, all in a bad situation. And um, it was just doing that all throughout college too. And fucking dropped out of college. Dropped all my classes in college. Fucking lived in a trap house of a dorm, bro. Fuck. <laughs> like, and then when I got out there, like at that time, you you probably you had the funding and you had it locked in that you were living in a dorm, but you had yeah. no classes essentially because you like yeah, dropped. It was oh yeah, so dumb, bro. Um, yeah, <laughs> and like I was, uh, you know, stepped up the dealing, stepped up the using, all that shit. Um, dropped out of college. My, you know, that's just a concoction for chaos. Yeah, that bro. situation, yeah, man. Because it was when I was like, my parents were strict, so it was like when I was free for the first time, I had no one watching over me, and I just went went off, bro. Um, dropped out of college in the sense of I failed all my classes and I wasn't going back next year, but stayed till the end of college. The okay, first year, yeah. I was coming back home. My parents were like, "You're obviously still using. You just can't live with us." Yeah, and like got kicked out of my house, which is like honestly, in hindsight, the probably best thing that could have happened. Um, was couch surfing. I like. I say homeless. I was wasn't living on the streets. I was spending a lot of my day on the streets with homeless people in downtown Seattle, Damn, under dude. bridges with them, like smoking dope and like fucking, and like it was, it was just bad, bro. Like straight straight up junkie shit, you know. Yeah. And uh, there is a silver line. You were you were at the age. It's bad, but it's also strangely good. You're at the age where your brain is still developing. Which is obviously more damaging, yeah. but you had the window where you can still develop out of that. Exactly. Because yeah, because yeah, I know like shit, man. Even like I know people that got into it right around the time in like their early twenties. Yeah. And when you're getting into it, then yeah. it seems like you can't it, unwiring your brain yeah. at that. It's really fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I also just saw people twice my age who were doing it since my age, and I was like, oh, this is like the life I'm setting up for myself right now. Yeah. 
Um, but I was couch surfing a, a bunch, like always like I s- still had friends enough who had <laughs> houses and shit, and girls and all this stuff that I would like go and spend the night at their house and stuff for a few months. Um, eventually though, like, I don't know, dude, I, there wasn't like any like particular thing that triggered me getting clean. I just woke up one morning, like out of dope and fucking broke. And I was like, I'm so fucking tired of living like this. Like, yeah. It fucking sucks, bro. And then after moment that, of clarity. Yeah, moment of clarity, really. After that, um, that was the last time I used anything like that. And um Yeah, just like got clean, um, got a job, a smoke shop. I'm still smoking hella weed, but <laughs> got a job at a smoke shop like a few weeks after that. Kratom, Kratom, Kratom. Kratom actually helped. That's why. That's what, yeah, I bring that up because I remember that. That's that's how I got through like withdrawals and all that shit. Um, and got a job at a smoke shop and like met people in the music community right after that. Yeah. Um, like I was me, me, me and some music pe- people in college at house parties and stuff, and they I don't think I knew I was using or anything like that. We just were all partying and whatnot. I kept like the opiates and stuff pretty hidden from most people. <laughs> that's you know? like the that's the part I always think about when people use is like they don't tell everyone. The, yeah, the double <laughs> life there. That's the part I'm like, it's man. hard, bro. It's hard for sure. And um, Can I that? Yeah. yeah, and so like uh, that summer though, I got clean like June June 9th of 2015. Hell yeah, yeah you remember the day? Yeah, I love sure, that. Dude, yeah, 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 for sure, man. So almost almost six years ago now, and um. Like weeks after that, bro, serendipitous things happened where I felt like life was showing me like, look, now that you're not using this is like the beauty of life that you were missing out on. And it was like showing me what could happen. Yeah. So like over that summer, man, I got a job, got my first apartment where I lived by myself. And like, you know, it was interesting living by myself, too, and only being responsible myself. I didn't have roommates. I didn't have people in dorms. I didn't have all, all my fucking old friends didn't want to hang out with me anymore. Yeah. So I just worked this job at this smoke shop and lived by myself for like months and months and months. Just stayed to myself and made music. I got, finally got back into making music because the whole time I was using, it like does something to your soul where you can't express yourself. Fascinating. So like I would tr- open up Ableton and nothing would, ha- nothing would happen. I, I remember from the times I've done opiates, which is a, a small handful of times, um, I don't care about anything. It makes you content. It, it, it like tricks your brain to feeling content. That was so, the, that's so the thing. Like you, you lose that drive to do anything else. Yeah. Whether it's better your situation, improving life, and stuff like that. And I just have a very addictive personality that, like, I think I've channeled very productively into art now. Yeah. So, like <laughs> I just make art like I used to do drugs. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, that's yeah. beautiful. That's good. Yeah, and it's very productive and awesome. But um. Yeah, so got my first apartment, started meeting like some of my best friends t- to this day in the music scene, um, played uh, f- like my first few shows where like I w- went to my first festival I got booked at, like all this beautiful stuff happened that summer that changed the course of my life where I was like, oh, this feels so much better than drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, dude, playing a good set. That tops it all. I don't know if there's a better feeling than playing a good set, bro. Like, honestly. Yeah, tops it all. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Something about being in that moment. Yeah. And, um, well, so that was like a dark period in my life. But looking back, I'm so grateful that that happened because it taught me so much. It taught me about what happens if I'm not like on my own ass about 
responsibilities about like my impulsive nature about my like addictive personality all that stuff if i put no effort in my life and just let myself run wild i end up under a fucking bridge with homeless people smoking dope <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like, like that's like rock bottom in the sense you know yeah. and so but that like scared me where i'm like i can never fucking let that happen to me again no wait, you're pa- you got a powerful mind man like you you're a gifted person man like so it it has to be blindingly obvious that you can't you can't let that happen. Like it's such a waste of like potential that I know I have. Yeah, straight up. And I feel like I'm I'm like letting the whole fucking world down if I let that happen. And yeah. so so like now it like just put a fire under my ass and fueled me. Like I just every day have to be better than I was yesterday in some sense of the word. Always striving to be like the best I can, not in like an egotistical sense, but in like just a like how can I love more? How can I care more? How yeah. can I make art my art more impactful? How can I make a like better impact on the world? Yeah. And that's like, I don't know what I've been trying to do these past six years. That's beautiful, honestly. I'm gonna all all I wanna I wanna contribute to this conversation because this is probably my favorite podcast because the the collective like sharing of stories is so fascinating. So I'll I'll contribute it as well, but that's under I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you and the viewers know this shit ain't going to my mom. So this one is not gonna end up in my mom's hands or my sister's hands. <laughs> but the the stuff that I didn't mention before, what happened was so like what happened was, and I just for the sake of conversation, I'll sh- I'll share this. So what happened when when I was like 16, 17, when my mom moved out. So her and Pete, who's my old stepfather, they they split up. My mom goes to like kind of like live on her own out in vermont she was just like i need to do me and like like i was saying she was like you you and your sister can take care of yourself well the thing was i was just in high school like i I didn't have a job at first i was just like a shithead kid i didn't care about much and in my brain i was like i just go on living who cares you know what i mean i'm gonna do the same routine Mm -hmm. my sister is out of high school she dropped out she's turning 21 at this point she goes on a bender right and this bender started as like so what happened at first it was like she's drinking more of her friends are coming over what happens it's is the is the house slowly turned into what i refer to as like a juggalo trap house right so these jug she was like a juggalo at the time like all these juggalos like all these fucking people were coming through our house and partying it was just Mm -hmm. the party house and what that leads to is like she got this new boyfriend he's kicking the shit out of her dude like I was still in high school too. I was like smoking weeds w- with my friends and like one of the gnarliest stories, dude, one of the gnarliest times, like she's up at my place and we're like smoking bong in, in, in my, I say my place cause I had like a sectioned off like part of the house. She's up there. We're like smoking out of this bong. She comes through. She's like, oh, let me hit that. Her boyfriend comes up and he says something along the lines of like, we got to go grabs like a handful of her hair and fucking rips her out the door Whoa. like full blown like you like dude off her feet dude like she fucked up like it was like in the thing i was seeing that constantly yeah like he that's just what i saw yeah, you know what i sure. mean and like so all my friend dude like the reason that was gnarly too is not just because i saw that happen to my sister but it was like that wall was broken in front of all my friends sure. where where they're like, what the fuck just happened? You know yeah. what I mean? But that kind of shit was happening all the time. And that dude brought in his friend and his friend was like selling hella molly, right? 
And so what happened is it just turned into a trap house, like a yeah. full, there, it's like a bando at that point. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time my like semi homeless friend was like at our place and he was like, he's like, yeah, I have this friend that's coming through. And I was like, dude, I was like, why? I was like, this isn't like a fucking halfway house. And he was like, I kind of told a few friends that it was like a halfway house. <laughs> oh, and I was no. like, dude, what the fuck, you know? So like every night there's just screaming downstairs. My and then after like that, dude, like my sister got way into like the blow side of shit even yeah. more. And that's when like her next boyfriend, they would like, they'd fight too. And like, they would be in the, her room was right next to mine too. And they would be like fucking fighting so gnarly, dude. Um, but the thing was, like, dude, I remember, like, one night was really bad. I had, like, my girlfriend over, and I just hear, like, glass shattering everywhere and just fucking screaming. And it was just, like, so gnarly, honestly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so what that did, though, pertaining to that subject is, like, I was going through that. Like, I was in that situation for, like, two years. No. Oh, my God. I'll tell you the another story about this. Really, This is semi-funny, but also really fucking dark. But um, we had this cat named Scrapples, right? scrapples got fleas it's like all right happens to house cats yep. but scrapples got fleas in a trap house and when that's the situation no one gives a fuck yeah and so what happened was like this shit's embarrassing but what happened and i had no money i had no money at all i can't take the cat to the vet i don't know about that shit not my problem because i'm 16 years old you know what i mean cat gets fleas it gets so bad and when i say so bad i mean like for weeks for weeks of my life my room's right here the bathroom's down the hallway i wake up every morning to take a pee i walk down the hallway the hallway has carpet on it yeah. right i would every single morning i'd take that walk i'd get to the bathroom and i would put my leg over the toilet and i had to do this because oh. it would just be hundreds of fleas that would come off of my leg that were walking on my leg from the carpet it was gruesome dude like really, and that's the whole house for like, that was like, dude, that was like probably two months was like that. It was fucked. Um, but with after that like time, when I started getting those social security checks, um, I saved enough to move out. And I, the, my only thing in like a traumatizing sense was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here and I hate all of this. That's why I don't do nose drugs. Because I saw my sister go through all that shit and I was like, I'm fucking never touching that shit ever. I can't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I like, uh, I finally moved out and then I moved back in and I like, well, I moved out to Tahoe for like a year, moved back in and my sister, I came back to my childhood home completely destroyed. It was like post bando after like a fucking two years, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Came back and, um, I had to kick her out, which was like really sad, but it was cause I got roommates to like pay for heating in Vermont. You have to pay like $800 a month for heating. It's fucking freezing. Um, I, I got roommates to pay for heating and one of my roommates was a dealer and she was like stealing a bunch of his like weed, like in front of him, you know? Yeah. And I had to be like, Christina, well, you can't, you can't do that because he like is a big supplier and like, he is not dangerous, but like if he like tells people about what's happening, like they have guns, like this is a threat, like you can't do that. And um, she didn't stop. And so I was like, you have to like leave, you know? 
So she, uh, yeah, so she left, uh, which was sucks. Um, but then it was just me living that house for a year. But after all of that, I had all this alone time in that house. Like my roommates moved out because they were like, dude, that the heating's broken. This is fucked. I'm in this like freezing house alone. I have zero dollars to my name. I remember one time I like ate a steak that was three years old. It, yeah, it was like in the freezer. It had, it had been in the freezer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And there was no food, and I was like, "This has been in the freezer since I was in high school." But I got to do this, or else, you know, like I have no, like I'm gonna, I have calorie deficiency. Yeah. But yeah, so I was like broke for like a year, scary broke. Like, yeah, couldn't afford laundry detergent, like no dollars. And um, after all of that, like, and it was crazy because at that time I was like, "I'm out," but I'm still like looking back. I'm like, dude, like I was, dude. There was a night where it was negative 40 in Vermont and we had no heating. Like I'm in my house, like zero heating. That's in a wood house, like a Victorian house. It's like Mm -hmm. your windows open essentially, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm like a space heater was like keeping me alive pretty much. But yeah, but in my head I was like, well, this is better than like when my sister was like getting the shit kicked out of her right next to me, you know? And, um, yeah, so I got a I got a job after like that year of living in Vermont again and uh saved up I think like $1300. And then I my mom was living in Seattle. And this all this is the most important part about about this. My mom didn't know that shit was like that. Sure. She actually my mom is like an incredible mom, but she didn't know that it was like this. That so it's like not a fault of her own. Even though when I was young I like kind of like put it on her but like she it was like no one was telling her but in my head i was like fucking uh i was like hella angry that it all happened my childhood home was all like destroyed and shit but yet she didn't know what was really happening you know so but anyway um she lived in vermont or i mean she lived in washington at this time she had moved to seattle after i moved to tahoe and i took that 1300 dollars, moved in with her and then when i was in seattle i was like i'm doing music now this is it. I let go of all my friends in Vermont, all that shit. I was like, this is it now. I'm in Seattle. I'm going to be a musician. And I wrote an album called Mecca that was all about how much I fucking hated that lifestyle. Like it was all about getting out. And it's called Mecca because it was like, that's what Seattle was to me. It was like the Hodge. Like I was, yeah. getting, you know what I mean? So that's where that came from. But that's where I relate to you where it was like, I hated my situation for so long and it was so dark that I was like, I'm never going back. You know what I mean? Not to that extent because you were like a victim of your own devices in a sense. Yeah. But it was like in the sense of like, that was really fucking dark. Like I gotta, you know, and that's also where I relate to you where it's like that puts a fucking fire under your ass when you're in a situation that you like cannot, you can't live like that. You know, you just got to do anything. So I was just like, music's got to be it. Like, or Seattle has to be it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's like, I think, I think everyone who, and I'm not saying necessarily this statement involves me, but I think everyone who's done something great or do things great has had a, at least a similar situation. You know, something that did put a fire under their ass. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you have, I think you have to understand or experience something that like gives context to comfortability and normality yeah 
Like, like if if you just like don't, I mean, and I don't want to make it sound like you you have to go through something like that to be successful or to no, be, yeah, yeah, be happy or to like anything like that. I'm just speaking from my experience, and I guess like our all of our kind of experiences where like it it shows you how bad shit can be, and you just never want that to happen again. Yeah, and you'll do anything to keep that from happening again. Exactly. Yeah. I think in a lot of my, in a lot of my stuff, that's why, like there's a EP I did on, on, um, division called collapse. The cover art is it's a guy. He's like in the water. I made it. It's like this guy in the water. And then there's just like paint smeared on his face. And that like so much of my art, even like still now is like people like fighting with like desperation. There's like this like source of like, even legacy is literally about fighting an antagonist, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me, I think a lot of that was manifesting. Like it's like you have a personable protagonist and they are in a rough situation and they are putting their heart and soul into it to get out of that. Mm -hmm. That's and, and like, even I'm not, I don't even consciously do that, but like even having just told that story and I'm thinking about the, a lot of the pieces I've made, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That's like half of the motivation for this shit, you know? I think that like that has to reflect in your pieces too because you focus on, I, I've noticed serenity is a very common theme in yours. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that might be a reflection of, this is just my like, my take as like a viewer, especially knowing you, that might be like a reflection of like the ideal situation, the contrast Mm -hmm. You're like, I can make something beautiful. Mm -hmm. Things have been very dark, but yeah. I have control over making something beautiful. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm like an, a pretty big empath. And like, I see a lot of pain in the world. And I've experienced pain. Yeah. And I don't want people to experience that pain. Yeah. Like, I, I want, like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want other people that have to go through what I went through. Dude, I just had an, with your stuff, I was just, okay, so while he was saying that, I was trying to think about your art and I was like, I was like, how does that, I don't know, how does it, how does that relate having heard your story now? And I think my take on that would be you didn't have a, possibly, possibly, you know, it seems to me that like in a lot of the scenarios that you described, you didn't have much of a voice in the room you didn't have much of an expression in the room. You were told, you know, to stay in your room. It's like holding someone in there, like stay in your box. And in your pieces, it's ex it's chaotic expression. <laughs> You're like, dude, I can paint everything. I can <laughs> yeah. paint everything I want to say. That's what it looks like to me. Literally. Literally. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that makes so much sense. It's like it's like shit. all the expression was channeled in, into that. Yeah. There's no, there was no room for expression anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, especially when I got into digital and I didn't have to ask to buy paint or to buy that. Yeah. And I had endless materials. And because I couldn't close my door with paintings, my family could see what I'm painting. And they'd be like, oh, why are you drawing someone sad? Oh, are you sad? Oh, and then like, oh, you want something to cry about? <laughs> so stuff like that. Oh, man. And so when I had something digital and I can hide it. Yeah. 
and I could just do all the colors. And I was like, I, I need this because otherwise, like, I, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was like my escape in every way. This has got to be my favorite episode. <laughs> this is that's so sick. That's so fascinating. Yeah, I think pain does produce the best art. <laughs> like, yeah, man, no. I like. Yeah, I was thinking about. I was thinking about bullet points, man. Like, I think like because y'all, this plan has been y'all were coming like um, I think like about ten days ago or something. You made the plan to come down here, and so I was think I was thinking about bullet points Maybe and less I, than that, honestly. Yeah, and I, was, <laughs> I was thinking about the subject of art. I like dark stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I like inherently like negative stuff, and that kind of makes me like in a weird way. That kind of makes me like your stuff even more. Cause I'm like, I now I get where that's coming from. Cause I'm not saying your stuff, your stuff is like in this middle of like, it can be dark and can be light. It's just like visually just everything, you know? And so I have like, I lean on to like, I lean into like, more, like art that's influenced by negative things, you know? What I like about my art, I think a lot of people look at my art and they're like, oh, bright colors. Yeah. Looks like a children's book. It's beautiful. Yeah. But if you really look at my art, it's like so sad. And it, it reminds me of my childhood because I would go to school. I had like the best grades at school. I was the honor student, all of this. And I would get all the awards. But like nobody knew that when I went home, like I would get hit or like, like all this, I dealt with all this stuff. Yeah. And so in that, I'm like, to me, like that's what my art, it's like the smiling, like, but then you like read it and you're like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is sad. That's like the beauty piece. That that's like that one. Yeah. Because that was that was the first one of your a lot of your pieces. I just looked at and just admired, and I'm like, this is fire. You know what I mean? This is awesome. But the beauty piece, I watched a video on it, and I was like, I want to know, like, what's the what's the what's the deal behind this? And now I see that. <laughs> I see that it is. It's it's like that. It's the 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 like kind of miserable like over pressure of like you know like superficial like mm -hmm. beauty and whatnot i really like that i really like that thank you i've i feel like i've gotten to know you better through this conversation <laughs> yeah it's very exciting like i got to know all you a little bit better tonight. yeah when this started yeah, i was like i don't know where this is going <laughs> cut your long ground bro <laughs> that's what i love about this shit that's what i love about this shit that's why i did this shit yeah. it ain't even about <laughs> It ain't even about like fucking content, this and that. I could give a fuck about content, to be honest. It's because like I always invited people over through to my studio. And like, I mean, like, yeah, like perfect example. I always invited people over just to kick it. And every single time I, it was like, this is sick. You know what I mean? Like you I just was, have cool conversations. Exactly. Hours, <laughs> exactly. For real. And that's why I wanted to do this, because every single time I'm like, dude, that was just awesome. You know, like I want to, I want to like record that somehow or something, document that somehow. Yeah, this has been a fucking blast. It's been really fun, man. Yeah, I think this is a perfect time to cap it because that that was perfect. Hell yeah! yeah. Hell yeah! Uh, give some shout outs. Shout out Gary V, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even talk to y'all about that. I'm fat. I'm also fascinated about that. But yeah, yeah. Any shout, shout out? outs, Connor? You're really awesome. Dude, thank you. I appreciate that. For Likewise. real though. Like, Likewise. I was looking at your art and it blew me away. Dude, thank you. That means the world. Honestly. Yeah. I'm really glad that like you hit me up and you're like coming to LA and do a podcast and that because I'm still so impulsive sometimes, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, Yo, you want to go to LA with me? 
next and week. And I was like, I was never allowed to leave my house when I was little, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I love that. I shouldn't even say impulsive. It's just spontaneity. Yeah. Know, it's spontaneous. It's, it's not like a bad impulse. I think impulsive has a negative connotation to it. It's no, it's spontaneous. Spontaneous. It's just like, man, we're blessed that like we even have the option to just be like, let's go to LA and kick it with Connor. And like, hell yeah. You know, that we're, that we're not locked to like a nine to five right now. And that we can uh, just like come down here and experience. I love California so much. And all the times before I was coming to California, I was always broke as fuck touring, playing music with like a hundred bucks in my wallet <laughs> and nothing in my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's cool coming down here and, uh, yeah, it's been fun, man. Hell yeah. I'm sad to go home tomorrow, honestly, but got to get back to the grind. <laughs> I'll come up there, visit. Yeah. We're going to go to Shiro's. Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah, any plugs? Any new things? No. You just will have new things, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't There's even think... things you just can't talk about. Yeah, There's that's... one really big new thing. I'm so can't say. I get it. It'll probably happen by the time this podcast. Oh, happens. definitely, yeah. But yeah, yeah but even still, still don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely. Big it's big though. Word. Hell yeah. All right. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed the listen. Um, you can find Fuocious at fuocious.com. I think I think it's literally everything slash Fuocious, right? That's F E W O C I O U S. Yeah. And that is yeah. And my boy. Parrot, that is parrotism, parrot underscore ism, and that's P-A-R-O-T-T underscore I-S-M. At its parrot on Twitter. At its parrot on Twitter. Do you have a website yet? Nope. Woo! Doesn't need one, honestly. Buy all your domain names. And that's, oh, these guys, because because of the subject matter today, uh, you can find these guys on Super Rare, Nifty Gateway, You're fucking everywhere, dude. Your Maker's Place Foundation, probably. I didn't even ask you about that. Bitsky. Zora? Not yet. Okay, not yet, Zora. I'm I'm, I'm trying to, like, not spread myself too thin with all all these cool marketplaces. They all offer something a little bit different. I'm just so excited about NFTs. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. This is different. Yeah. uh, But at the same time, I'm like, I can't spread myself too thin. So, like, most of my shit, some super rare. Super rare. Some of my shit. Three hours. (laughs) It is... Two and a half. Okay. Oh, that's not bad. That's, that's not bad. actually perfect time pocket. And then <laughs> you can find me on Super Rare and Maker's Place. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. We are out. <laughs>